I'm Gavin Scott, your host. Welcome to the Stay Outstanding podcast, the show that shares wisdom and gifts knowledge, motivates you to be your authentic self, influences you to fulfill your true potential, encourages you to take action, and inspires you to step into your greatness. Welcome, welcome back, listeners. What a rare way to start a session. I'm so pleased to uh, have Rick Rupenthal, a retired paramedic, uh, here with us today in the studio. He came across the three principles in 2017. Uh, Understanding, he saw this as the missing link between thriving or just surviving in an industry filled with chaos and uncertainty. Since joining the 3PGC Apprentice Program, Rick has turned his attention more to the mental health and well-being of responders and others who feel disconnected. Rick is the founder of the Unbroken Hero Project, founder dedicated to bringing mental well-being to those who serve in the military, emergency, medical, fire and police services. Wow, 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 Rick. So um, you're a retired paramedic. I'm guessing during your time, you must have seen some things or two. Well, yes. I mean, uh, it's uh, being a paramedic is filled with experiences. Some, some could be classified as good and bad. And, and um, but uh, no, it, for me, uh, being a paramedic, actually turned out to be my calling at the time. Like I, if, you know, I, I'll just give you a brief, hist- a really quick history. I didn't ask or look to be a paramedic. Like, no, like it wasn't on my bucket list. I mean, it was one of those things where, where it's like, it was interesting, you know, you watch the shows um, at that time. It was um, I think rescue um, emergency, something or other was on and there was some interest in it. And at one time I was, I was in the Northern area of my province and somebody approached me and asked me at the time, would you be, you know, are you interested in being a paramedic? And I, and I thought, well, no, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I was in, I was in a business and, and it, and um, it didn't appeal, appeal to me, but about a couple of years later, I was asked again. And it was like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> what did they see in me that I'm not seeing? So, anyways, long story short, the the very first patient I came across um, and uh, was was able to, you know, um, uh, treat at the time after I'd completed all the programming and and the training and stuff. The I reached down and touched this lady's radial pulse and just something sparked in me said, you are in the right profession at the right time. This is, this is for you. And I took it as a gift and ran with it for 30 years. 30 years. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for your service, Rick. What a service that is. Um, So as well as being a paramedic, you uh, are a family man. You've got yes. four daughters. 
and uh, many, many granddaughters. Is that right? <laughs> I have I have nine grandchildren. Yes. And the majority of them are girls. Yes. <laughs> wow. So how does that lead you into coaching about mental health? Well, part most of it comes from the experience I had. Um, or I, I should say the experiences, because it's not just one experience you have um, as, as a paramedic, is what I noticed. I noticed, well, I seem to be having a fairly, you know, good time, you know, kind of a thing. And I'm not saying like every incident was, didn't, didn't uh, add weight to me, but there were some people that were just not thriving. Like they were having a different experience same scenarios, everything, but, but totally different experiences. Um, and some were coping it, coping with those experiences in far different ways and some not, not healthy ways. And one of the things I noticed throughout the 30 years and at the, towards the end of the 30 years, I got into the educational department. So I, I wanted to work on programs that would change mindsets around, you know, where people were not thriving and try and understand that more um, about what the mechanism was around that. And one of the things I, I discovered was in the academies, we don't teach the soft skills. We don't teach coping skills. We don't keep, uh, teach about mindsets and what goes on and we don't teach about feelings and understanding, you know, where our experiences come from. We don't teach that stuff. We teach, you see blood, this is what you do. You go to a, a motor vehicle accident, this is what you do. We, we teach a lot of content. You know, you see something, you deal with it. Um, like even at, when I first got in, post-traumatic stress was not, a, not an acronym then. You know, we called it burned out. You know, we called people that were shell shocked. You know, um, the um, and we didn't know how to deal with it. We didn't know how to understand it to deal with it. You know, it was one of those. Well, it's it comes with the job. I mean, what were you expecting, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you know, uh, you're going to see this stuff, stuff right? And so the, even though at the, you know, I, I always feel that people are always doing the best they can at the, at the level of understanding they, they have at the moment. And at that moment in, you know, in the past, that was the level of our understanding was we put it in the back burner, you know, we, we stifle it, we put a lid on it and we carry on, like do the next call, just do the next call. You know, and at the end of the shift, then you can deal with it, maybe. <laughs> right. So um, that's that's at the end of my career. I wanted to give back to something that, you know, for me was was a calling, and I and and I didn't like the fact that people were suffering in a in a great career, a re very rewarding career. I mean, when you're in the service of others, I mean, it's a higher, it's, it's a higher purpose, right? Um, but many didn't see it that way. And I really wanted to get something to help 
with that and create programs for were starting in the career uh, so they got a better understanding of what was going on and for those that were kind of leaving the career because there was so much of your identity is attached to the work that you do uh, particularly there because you know people people you know they're they're in the limelight they're in people's lives um, they're in the news and then all of a sudden the next day you're not going there you're not part of anything anymore and then you kind of question like, who, do, who am I? And so out of those experiences, um, I've noticed that um, outcomes have not been great. I mean, we have in our area and, I, and the stats are really, really poor in trying to get them is um, we have a very high suicide rate among responders. And I've, and I've heard that um, all over the place. I've heard it from, from contacts I have in England and Australia. I've heard uh, that in the United States. Um, you know, um, apparently we're not number one, but we're certainly in the top 10 um, and um, in, in a higher density as far as uh, the number of employees per, per mental health issues. And that is just a staggering fact. Like these people are out there saving our lives every single day. And at the end of it, all they can do is sort of take their own, which just seems such the wrong way round for the for the service they've given and the compassion. And yeah, wow. So where do you think the disconnect is in the mindset? Uh, it's really, for me, and from what I've I've discovered um, since becoming more involved in the, in the three principles understanding is where where our experiences are coming from. You know the the fact that our experience we you know our experiences are um, we live our experiences through the feelings of our thinking, like it's an out, inside out, and. The other fact is, as a, as a society, and, and, and particularly around our, you know, the culture that I've grown up with, and the culture in the, in the service, is we really don't have a grasp on our feelings. As a matter of fact, I almost think we have a phobia on, on certain feelings, bad feelings. Mm. That when we have upsetting feelings, there's a, there's a, a misunderstanding that we must do something about them, that there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with me when I'm having them. And you're nodding your head. <laughs> no, because I totally, I totally get it. Yeah. Like it's because of the way that we've been molded, the way that society has taught us we should be or act or become. Mm -hmm. Everyone talks about, success nobody talks about failure yeah everybody talks about joy nobody talks about despair well in this experience that we're gifted in humanity in this life body that we're traveling through time with mm -hmm. not everything is perfect we what? like to go through challenges 
Yes, it's a contact sport. Turns. There's ups and downs. <laughs> Absolutely. There's ebbs and flows. It's fast and slow, you know, like... And, you know, I I, uh, I had this one guest, Shawnee Hall. Uh, she's a tough, a mind toughness coach for sport athletes. Okay, yeah. And she doesn't talk about success. She talks about failure. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not prepared for failure, then you're in for devastation. Well, and there's, and that's an interesting uh uh, notion too because when you said not prepared for failure okay what if we are already more than equipped for failure we just forgot about that i'd be willing to go with that perception as well yeah i mean i mean who's to say right but but what i have found personally is that we have innate health and well-being within us. We just have the ability to talk ourselves out of that space through all the chatter and through all the noise of our, of our, the content of our thinking, like the judgments and the meanings that we put on things, right? But when we let go of that, we just naturally fall back into that, into that space of wellness the space where resilience really lies. And if you, if you notice that, even demonstrated through other people, through all the different difficulties that are going on in this world right now and in the past, you will see people having various experiences, but there's a lot of, there's still smiles. There's still, you know, joy. You'll see it more in kids because, you know, people will say, well, they don't know enough. Well, actually they know more. <laughs> than us because they haven't forgotten that they have innate wisdom, innate wellness, innate resilience built into themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, somebody said to me earlier, describe your 10-year-old self. Mm -hmm. And then they said, well, Where's, where's that boy disappeared to, you know? And truth is, is that boy is still here. Just at that age in development, I've got certain experiences and abilities that takes me to here. Whereas now with another 25 years, whatever on top, I've got more and more layers that take me to here. That's the only difference. So we talk about peeling back the layers to heal and to get to our inner child. And it's uh, a very fascinating subject. If we can it, harness the power and resilience of our youth. Well, even just, even when you know that the attributes of that, of that 10 year old still lie within, right? It, I don't find it quite necessarily to peel back the layers as much as you know, going back into, into, to me, it's about a discovery piece is just is rediscovering the 10 year old as I move forward in life, as I, as I explore, when I get out of the way, the layers go with me. And now I'm able to explore with new eyes, look for something new and fresh 
right? As soon as I get the experience of, of something new and fresh, you immediately expand. And that's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm always looking for the new and fresh because everything that you would consider me or my past is just memory, is just knowledge, but it's only knowledge to that point. And, it, and if I operate based on what I know, quote, unknown, then, then I'm really limited. So I have to keep looking for fresh and new. I have to look outside my box that I created, that persona or whatever, whatever form that I, I, I call Rick. If I look outside that box, there's always something fresh and new to see. I, uh, I read this book. I can't remember the author's name. It was called The Beginner's Mind. Okay, yeah. And basically, it always says, look at experiences or things with the beginner's mind. Yeah. And what, just mind-blowing, mind-blowing. If any of the listeners out there are looking for a book, there's one for you, The Beginner's Mind. Wow. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, could you, I mean, um, do you have a favorite restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. How often do you go to it? Once a month. Okay. So when you go once a month, are you looking for something fresh and new or are you looking to compare the last time you went? I'm not looking to compare and I'm not looking for something new. I'm just looking for a good, comfortable experience. Okay. No two times can ever be the same. So, you know. No, no, no. And, and, but it's what I find interesting. Um, and I do. I, I have my own favorite restaurants, too. And, and, and Let's say uh, I went to a meat restaurant and they served me sushi all of a sudden. Yeah. What? I don't want something new. Bring me the old stuff. <laughs> we were uncomfortable with that. There's something uncomfortableness, right? Because we're always, you know, our egos love the memory bank, right? Because it'll always tell us. You know, it's like, hey, Rick, you know, I remember you did this back in 1983. Um, not a very good outcome, <laughs> right? You know, or, you know, you tried French onion soup when you were a kid. <laughs> Didn't like it too much. And and you, you know what? For years, I avoided French onion soup. <laughs> For years. You know, and those are minor examples, but that that's how, just apply it to any other um, area of your life where you seem to be in a blockage and you're really running running on memories not on not on a fresh and new idea yeah well i mean look would a four-year-old kid that had been to that restaurant every month for the last four years um see going to that restaurant as a new experience or would it be like Oh, going to this restaurant again, same old place. That kid would be like, yeah, let's go to the restaurant. Come on, you be. You know, like, that's, uh, I think that's the difference with the beginner's mind is there's that's that nice. excitement, that joy in adventure and exploration of something new. And, and, you know, and going back into, 
you know, like the failure in understanding the feelings that come with failure. Cause I mean, it's only a label failure, right? Who's, who's to say one thing's a failure and who's, and, and one's a success, right? I mean, we put the labels on them, but we're, it's not so much the failure that I find people are, are afraid of. It's the feelings that come with what they perceive as a failure. You know, the, the, I'm not enough. I, you know, the rejection, the, you know, those kind of things, right? If we become more comfortable with our own experiences, if we learn to get along with them and understand where those experiences are coming from, everything's a game changer from that point on because it just becomes feedback. Oh, geez, I'm feeling fearful right now. Okay, I must have some fearful thought. It has nothing to do with the activity that I'm about to do. Um, I agree. Um, fear uh, comes into so many different little bits in life. I mean, I don't want to talk about it in detail, but I'm just going to blow the can wide open. COVID. Like, you want to talk about how fear emanates. Guys, there's a virus on the loose. Don't go outside. Don't breathe. Just wait for us to tell you it's okay. Like, what do you? What's going to happen? Like, it just to me, it's unbelievable what's happened the last two years. But anyway, I don't really want to go into that. Let's come off of that and um, and go back to uh, the paramedic service. Well, it we. we <laughs> Well, let's just talk about fear, regardless of the exam. I love because, it. Do it. Yeah. Right? I mean, because if you look at the acronym F-E-A-R, right? You know, some people call it, um, you know, false emotions appearing real. Mm. Okay. So false emotions, a feeling. Right. So for me, feelings are a gauge. That's all they are. Yeah. Right. So I know the lower the feeling, the more busier I seem to be in my head. And when I'm more busier in my head, all I have access to is my current knowledge, my memory base. That's all I have access to. But when I re rise above that feeling but when i have a more of a happier feeling a, a less fearful feeling because everything's a, a, a continuum right i'm less in my head and i'm more open to to some other guidance other pieces of wisdom so open to fresh and new ideas that you know we call them the out of the blue ideas right? Just something comes out of the blue. Like when you're having the shower, the last, you, you're not really, unless you've got spiders in your shower, shower or something like that, you're not really fearful. You're more relaxed. You're, you're out of your head and something occurs to you. Oh, that seems like a pretty good path to follow. So for me, feelings have always become more of a gauge to understand where I am. Right. And the more I become aware of, oh, I'm having fearful thoughts. Okay. I just need to step back away, you know, and whatever that looks for people, people, some people say, you know, call it meditation or whatever, whatever form of action you want to take, but it's really about releasing 
you know, getting away, slowing down to the, to the speed of life, whatever it is, just to get more quiet. Because we're always, you know, the bottom line is we're always looking for a peaceful mind. We're always looking for that quiet space. And once we land on it and it, and we're not talking like for minutes or hours or whatever, all we need to do is just land on it for a second enough to release the content something always fresh and new seems to occur. So interesting that, you know, detaching from your thoughts or detaching from an outcome. Mm -hmm. like the level of peace that that brings internally. Absolutely. It's not something that we are taught at school. No, like we're, we're rewarded for outcomes. Right. Exactly. You know, you know, you you have to you here's your achievement, A, B, C, whatever, right? We're rewarded for memorizing things. So we're rewarded for our intelligence. But when I look at you know the, the people that are shaking things up, yes, they might be intelligent, but I have a feeling they are very creative and very open. To new experiences. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. Um, I totally agree. I think I think we really need to um, change the education system and uh, teach different things. Um, this idea of mindset is is a minefield in itself. There's so much in there that can aid every single being on earth yeah. even the greatest minds or the greatest minds within the mindset field can still learn every single day well and and they're and they are like those that have grasped that knowledge that have grasped that concept are are continually expanding because they continually get themselves out of the way. And I think, you know, and it's not only our education system, like, okay, like I had four daughters. And even though I might have had a bit of an understanding of, you know, where experiences come from and, and understand, you know, feelings, I still, it hurt me when my daughters were, were in low moods, right? I wanted to do something about it, mm. right? Forgetting the fact that if I'm going to do something about it, that I don't trust that they have it within them to do something about it internally. And I'm finding with my grandkids a little bit different. Like my youngest daughter, she now allows her, her kids to go through experiences more, knowing that they have the innate wisdom within them and resilience that i mean look at thought thought you, you know as long as you're not paying attention to it it drifts right it's a train of thought and so feelings come with with a thought it's a two-sided coin so understanding the nature that it flows understanding when they're in a low mood just let it go like just don't pay attention to them don't give them cookies don't you know anything that that supports the low mood just let it go like it will drift 
And she's finding that remarkable. She says, yeah, but, you know, her, her youngest son would be all so frustrated, you know, and it's like, oh, I, the tendency, oh, I want to go in there and support him in some way, right? No, he's fine. He's safe. Five minutes later, he's off doing something different. <laughs> we still have that within us. Mm. Mm. I, I I love this uh, this sentence you brought up in our conversation. Um, wouldn't it be a shame to have a wonderful life and not notice? Oh, yes. I mean, I could just sit there for a good few minutes and and take that in because whatever troubles and worries we're going through in our mind right now and maybe experiencing when you hear that sentence it's just to me at least it melts all of that away you know like let's stop paying so much attention to anything that doesn't serve us that's negative and let's uh Let's focus on the positive and let's be grateful for the positive and let's really shine in this experience. Yeah. And, and the more you explore in that direction, you find, and this is where I, you know, I, I, I all I do as a coach is point people to in this direction. Like I, I don't have any techniques. The only other tech, if you want to call it a technique is you know, I point people to a feeling to their, to their understand their feelings, right? Cause you're, you're looking, you're looking for that, that peace of mind, right? The peace of mind is within you. There's no place to go, but the minute that you, as you explained, the minute you let go of whatever circumstances might be surrounding you at the moment that look hundred percent real and you're having a real experience with those circumstances, when you, when you let, sort of let go of the fact that you have to do something about them, you naturally rest back in that space. You just naturally rest back there. And from that place, something, something occurs that this is possibly the next step. So you only have to do whatever's in front of you. You don't have to worry about, oh, Two days from now, I might be da 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 da. Okay. <laughs> you only have this one moment. And if you're already in the future or already in the past, you're missing everything that's happening right now. Rick, what is happening right now? I'm sorry? What is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> Me and you are grounded in a conversation and I feel, I feel we are connected, not in an intellectual way, but more in a heart to heart, soul to soul way. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a fundamental uh, for me, you know, when you have a conversation where you're not, where you're listening deeply listening not the listening to oh i i i i'm not sure if i you know and you're trying to you know like you're just having a conversation mm. the the fact is that what i love about 
having a conversation with an individual, like even like with yourself, is that you have one perspective that I'll never be able to see. Because you see the world so differently than me. Right? I mean, we're I I can't see it. You we could be in the same room. You you will still not have the same experience. We might have some commonality. We might have some shared things, like you might agree that that's the color blue. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, that's not pink, that's fuchsia. Okay, sure. <laughs> but but it's but it's through the curiosity of having conversations and connecting with another individual. Let me see, let me hear what you are seeing. So help me understand what you're seeing. And we can compare notes. Nobody's right or wrong. Well, I'll tell you what I'm seeing. Yeah. Seeing two people that care about themselves, their loved ones, and humanity so much more than most people do from a conscious perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, talking about how we might be able to widen the lens of perspective for anybody listening to improve their own life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. yeah. And I tell people, you don't have to believe everything I hear, I say, right? I want you to go out and explore it for yourself. See it for yourself. It's through experience we learn. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my handwriting is so bad. Just, just in case anybody really wants to know how bad my handwriting is, there it is. There's my notes from the conversation with Rick I had a few weeks ago. That's why if you see me looking down, it's not that I'm ignoring Rick or I'm trying to get focus off of Rick. It's that I'm trying to, maybe I should get a magnifying glass. Maybe that would help. Um, <laughs> I've obviously really poorly prepared for this conversation, or I might have but you know what? down in, in bullet points. I, I want to give you a break, though, Kat, Gavin, right? Because the, one of the things I, I, I encourage executives that I've, I've had the opportunity to coach is, how do I prepare for a meeting? Right? And I say, well, okay, so tell me what's going on. He says, well, when I go and we've had these meetings with these, with this particular group before. Right. And I say, okay. And, you know, and of course they had bad experiences, uncomfortable experiences, whatever experiences. Right. And I says, what if you went in unprepared? Oh, I can never do that. Why? What if you went in with the knowledge that whatever you need will always be there for you anyways? What if you just showed up and responded accordingly? Because I find myself with, if I have an agenda and I'm not saying, you know, I, I agree that there's an outline is always good and, you know, and, and kind of following a path, but, but if I go in with an agenda, I'm always looking to make, to build that agenda, to make that agenda. And I'm not responding to the moment. And I'm not, I'm, I'm responding to something that I want to create. And if it's not going my way, <laughs> right? so, so I said, I just, just relax. 
right? And 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 let's just see what comes up, and we'll respond accordingly. And and really, I think we've been more guided through this conversation than 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 yeah. Every once in a while, sure, we both look at a particular note or whatever, but who's to say we're not guided to do that either? <laughs> well. That brings me to my next bullet point, which I think <laughs> describes really well where we're at in this conversation. There's not a lot of thought involved in a flow state. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, and I, how I timely is that, by the way? Yes. Yes. And, and you know, getting back to the par paramedic, you know, we... Um, I was looking for a book, but I, I don't have it right handy with me right now. Um, there's been a lot of research about flow state and, and being in the zone. You know, people, uh, sports people know it quite, quite well. Um, you, you probably have experienced it. It's basically, you know, you're, you're doing something with not a whole lot of thinking going on. And before you know it, you kind of look and you go, man, where did the time go? Or, or geez, that didn't take, long right so there's there's no thought and there's no concept of time absolutely no awareness of it and as a paramedic you know especially in high acuity calls where there's a there's there's a lot of action going on right mm -hmm. when you show up in the moment with no agenda so you've got your skills right you've got your skills when you go in with with a you know um, a prescribed way, if things aren't flowing that way, you have you have a really hard time adjusting. Mm -hmm. So you go in with with an open mind, you fall into the flow or into the zone quite quickly, and at the end of the call, I don't know how many tailgate conversations we've had where we've been amazed how things clicked how things just went together and then when you try and explain what happened you can't i don't know how it happened because there was no steps <laughs> and 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 it's that's the common thing that's the common thing and people have trying their darndest doing research on you know, how to get into and what happens like, and people are being frustrated because everybody that's being interviewed is saying, you know, I don't know what it is, but we just went through it. And everyone seems to be a little bit different, but there's absolutely no, th we're not thinking and there's no concept of time. We're just doing. And that's, to me, that's the balance between our innate wisdom and our innate knowledge the skills that we've picked up and that's the, that's flow is that perfect balance. As soon as ego starts getting in the way, other things, right. Yeah. And then that's when things really start to, uh Oh, we're out of flow. We're out of flow. Makes complete sense. Um, I'd like to move the discussion on to something that you coined in our last conversation, toxic positivity. Oh, yes. What is toxic positivity and how can it have an effect on him, on us? 
Well, it's it it's going on to the notion that uh, well, it, I did a I did a a, a show. I have this um, with another coach, uh, Fatih Light. Uh, we do this uh, hashtag Wednesday Wellness show, and we're always coming up with different themes and topics, and and usually it's something that's going on in the week between the two of us, not between the two of us, but something in our lives that are shared that is shared between the two of us. And what was coming up for her was this notion of toxic positivity, where people are going, you know, and innocently, right? Because we're always doing the best we can, given the level of our thinking. Um, well, I guess it's, it's putting too much positive spin on an adverse event. Not, not acknowledging you know, what it is, right? And, you know, um, and down, and it seems like it's downplaying and not honoring the feelings of the individual. Well, you'll get over it. Everybody gets over it. Time will heal all. Must be God's will. But, you know, all these different things that we innocently try and help, but they're not helping. They're dismissing the person's feelings and not acknowledging what's really going on, right? Most people, and I'm just gonna say in my experience, people just want to be heard. They want somebody to really just listen, not fix them. I just want people to listen to me. I'm going through a lot of shit right now and I just need to talk it out. Uh, there's so much truth in that and so much so much value. Um, if you've ever been called a good listener, you'll understand exactly what Rick just mentioned. Uh, being there for somebody else in a supportive role, irrespective of whether you have any great input or desire to have <laughs> great input. Simply just listening is enough to change that person's perspective and that person's outcome in that given situation or scenario. Absolutely. So powerful, Rick, so powerful. Um, let me ask a question just sure. before we wrap up. Yep. If anyone wanted to get in touch with you, anything you said has resonated with them and they wanted to reach out, how could they do so? Well, I'm... Um, just Google my name, Rick Rupenthal. Lots of lots of interesting stuff pops up. <laughs> um, I have uh, the Unbroken Hero Project website, which um, if you go there, there are links to get a hold of me. There's also uh, resources and other information that people could uh, explore, um, particularly around the field of post-traumatic stress. Um, you know, and if they know people that are in the military or, or in the responder field that might benefit from a conversation, um, that's where you can lead them to. And then there'll be, you know, lots of links and different other things uh, from there that you can um, drop a line. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, that'll all be in the show notes as well, guys. Just one final question for you, Rick. What does stay outstanding mean to you? I, I love your title. Um, and, and this might be kind of 
counterintuitive. But I also heard the phrase around be ordinary. And out of being ordinary, you can't help but stand out because it's you that's showing up. And when we get rid of all that other layers, you know, you, you literally stand out because all you have to be is you. You don't have to be anybody else. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for that. It's been such a great discussion, Rick. Um, I know that you and I could probably turn the camera off and have another hour or two. Oh, easy, easy. Um, we might even circle back around sometime in the future and do a Absolutely. second. Absolutely. But uh, thank you so much for your time and for your value and uh, your, your input and, and your service, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gavin. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.